one foot in front of the other and let not your fears impede. Look not at the way that you stutter, but at who is listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and welcome to the Secret Project Podcast. I'm Jeff Hinton. And I'm Travis Luton. Secret Project is a podcast about music, theology, and culture, and where the three crash together. Uh, so today, to talk about that, we're talking a little bit about Luke. This is chapter 7, verses 36 to something in chapter 8. It goes a long way. It's a big one. That's where we're just going to do the highlights. So Jesus is having dinner at this guy Simon's house, and Simon is a Pharisee. Pharisees are this specific order of like Jewish life in Jesus' time in first century Palestine that are really into following the law as it's written and finding every little detail about it and every little exception and things where you gotta go a little further. Like they would tithe, you're supposed to give 10% of everything that you grew. And so these are the kind of people that would like tithe 10% of like a little bit of mint that they found growing outside their door that they didn't plant, but it was there, so it was theirs. So they had to give some of it. Right. right. But the problem was uh, in looking for all these little exceptions and these little rules, they missed the big point a lot. Like, most of the time. <laughs> and so, Jesus they was constantly arguing with them about... Can't like, see the forest for the trees. Yeah, they were looking at a lot of trees and <laughs> never saw that they were in the woods. And so, Jesus, you know, he still hung out with these guys as much as they drove him crazy. <laughs> which was a lesson that I think we can all take from. He's hanging out with these guys and this woman just comes in and she's just identified as a woman who was a sinner. And that's like, you don't even get a name, man. <laughs> you just get identified as woman who has sinned you know like, and that's the crazy thing about that is that like in uh, what does the name mean in in that culture like a name is an identity it's a value it's a worth because like a lot of things your first name son of last name or first name daughter of like father's name or mother's name like you are your lineage and so for her to be identified not by her lineage but by her sin Right. Is a big deal. It means that she's like persona non grata. She's not welcome. And so she comes in and this weird thing happens. She has this jar of perfume that probably since this woman is only identified as woman who has sinned, she doesn't have a lot of income on her own. So this is an expensive bottle of perfume and she dumps it on Jesus's feet. And she starts crying while she wipes this perfume off of Jesus' feet with her hair and, like, washes his feet with with her tears because she's just so excited, I guess, or, or just, like, in need of this touch, of this intimacy between her and Jesus. And after she does this, she gets up to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a weird thing that she like comes in, makes this big spectacle and she, and she gets up to leave and you know, Jesus is saying, okay, well that, that was good. That's a good thing. So that she you got did. up to leave before like anything else was said. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just the end. And Jesus seems kind of pleased that this has happened. Simon, the na- that's the Pharisee whose house he was at says, well, if you knew who that was that was touching you, you wouldn't be so happy about it. Right, because we're making a presumption about what this sin is, right? I mean, they're being fairly ambiguous about this, but what does he mean by that? 
I think he probably means that, you know, we talked a little bit in the last episode about this idea of cleanliness, about people that touch you or you, like, having contact with other people, that that would make you ritually unclean. And that if this woman was a sinner, was a, was a bad person, or this was probably, they made an assumption that it was a sin of, like, a sexual nature. Like a prostitute. Like, like a prostitute or, like, an adulteress or something like that. Like, that was the kind of person that would be identified by a sin. In. Right. That is, so it's like if he, this is the woman that's touching you, if this is the woman that's doing all of this for you, then that's a problem. That's mm-hmm. and if you knew that that's who she was, if you knew her, Jesus, you wouldn't be so okay with her having touched you because now you're dirty. You're dirty right. just like she is. Right. And I think that Simon, being a Pharisee, is really feeling good that he finally got Jesus on one. Right. Right. Jesus's relationship to the Pharisees have always been them trying to pull one over on him and like getting caught in one of their technicality traps and Jesus kind of like matrix dodging out of the way (laughs) in a way that makes them look stupid and so he does does this again Simon thinks he's finally got him because there's no arguing that this woman touched him right right everyone saw it and so Jesus looks at Simon and says alright Simon yeah she's a sinner but you've been a terrible host which you might think is just Jesus being petty, but hospitality in first century Palestine was everything. Right. Inviting someone into your home to share a meal with you was an incredibly intimate act. Like it was it was something that you didn't just like sit down and have lunch next to a stranger. Right, but it was also a status. I mean, it was a status symbol depending on who you had lunch with, right? Yeah. And the act of being able to say, Well, I was able to provide for that person. Right. And so with that, and since it was such a big deal, there were certain uh, actions that went along with it. Like you were supposed to be able to offer your guests a place to wash their feet because these are people walking around the desert in sandals. Like dust gets everywhere and it makes you dirty. So you were supposed to, you know, give a proper greeting to them with uh, a kiss was usually traditional. Mm -hmm. You were supposed to give them a place to wash their feet. And so Jesus runs down this list of like, okay, so you offered me no kiss when I got here, but this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since she got here. You didn't offer me a place to clean up, but this woman offered me this perfume that she probably shouldn't have spent her money on, but she did to anoint me with this oil. And And I wonder if it might even be her livelihood, right? Yeah. I mean, if she was a problem, if she was a prostitute, that was probably unnecessary for her living. Yeah. And so she's giving that to Jesus. And like I said, this is a this is a wild assumption that we are making about this woman, right? Uh, and and that could that could not be the case at all. But I'm thinking that that's what the Pharisees might have thought about her. And and I would say that we're probably making that assumption based on tradition, because right, the Christian tradition has kind of uh, assumed that in a lot of senses. And you know that's really not that's really not fair to no, to this not. woman. And so to just couch that in our own, this is where we're reading this from, and we could totally be wrong about it right <laughs> uh, but, but she, she you know is using this perfume on him she's wiping it up with her hair like not even a rag she's making even the act of making jesus clean a part of her body mm. and i looked at that and i was like okay what a, when i was looking for music to go with it our, for our, our soundtrack that we're making here the one that i came with and it took me a while to like justify talking about this in reference to the gospel but it's adorn by miguel <laughs> Just let my love 
Carved by Miguel is a very intimate song. Right? <laughs> it starts with like, these lips can't wait to touch your skin. These eyes can't wait to see your grin. It's a very like anticipatory thing that, that's looking forward to an, if, to intimacy. To, mm-hmm. to, to sex. Let's get out there. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel is singing about sex, and we're going to use it to talk about Jesus because that's what we get to do on Secret Project. <laughs> but I think that we can we can talk about this because this idea of this longing, of this need for touch, of needing for approval, is this woman's story when she comes into Simon's house. Mm-hmm. She needs to touch Jesus. She needs to get that approval because she knows that Jesus can make a difference for her right. and that longing that, that Miguel's talking about when he when he's t- singing the song I think that that's present there it's in a different kind of intimacy but I think that that longing and that desire is an important part of of this story right and in, in the, even then in the second verse when Miguel's talking about these fists are going to protect you that's Jesus's side of the story when Simon tries to go back to defining this woman by her sin by what she has done by the person that they assume that she is Mm -hmm. Jesus is the one that stands up for her right right that this love that is shown is reciprocated Mm mm-hmm and it keeps coming back to this word, uh, this one line, the, the, the chorus, is to let my love adorn you. Right, right. Yeah, to let my love adorn you, this idea of, of being so interested or so into somebody and, and so into that relationship that, that you're defined by it. Rather than whatever it was that had defined you before. Yeah. So, Travis, something about me is I love words too much. Right. Like, I like to play with language. I like to see where things come from. And because of this, I looked up where adorn came from. And it comes from the same Latin word that gives us ornate. Oh, yeah? Uh, and so it's, it's like a decorative thing. It's taking something ordinary and making it extraordinary. And this idea that love, and specifically in this, the love that Jesus has for this woman and vice versa, can make something extraordinary, I think is a big thing for us as Christians. I think that that's a big thing for us to say that love can be transformative. And I think that we've, at one point or another in our lives, I know you're married, I'm not. But like <laughs> we've, we've experienced at one point, uh, or at least I have thought I've experienced at one point, love that was transformational. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I want to say that I would say that, you know, my marriage is, is that way in respect. But my love for my daughter I have an eight-year-old daughter who's amazing and just, she is pretty great. She is, and and what and that that has been transformational for sure. So, what does it mean for us to say that, like, to to let love adorn us, mm-hmm. like, because we're you know we're not in this story. We don't have jars of perfume or a Jesus whose feet that we can rub our hair on. Which is it's an odd thing because I don't have long enough hair that that would help. Mm-hmm. So like envisioning that story in my head has <laughs> always been rough. But how do we like let love adorn us? Like what what, do we, what does it mean for us to say that that's something that we aspire to? You know I you know I kind of alluded to this before that idea that um, that being so you know, when when we we talk about relationships when we get into a relationship like a marriage or a dating relationship or something like that one of the warnings is don't let this relationship define you right yeah um, you you want to avoid doing that but one of the things that with this woman and Jesus I think that she was so defined by that moment with Jesus 
or her relationship with Jesus that for that moment, at least, the sin no longer defined her. Because, yeah, that was how, that's how she's introduced. Right. Is woman, is woman with sin. And she leaves as a person who Jesus has praised her actions. Right. And praised the love that she's given. And I think that that's, that's really something special. And that's something to be aspirational. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely an inspiration and something to aspire to. I think the other idea is that you, you kind of started to touch on this when he's talking to Simon. He's talking to Simon and he says to Simon that, look, you haven't done any of this thing. You've been a terrible host. And this woman has done the very thing that you neglected to do. And then he goes on to say to Simon that basically her love, is greater her love is greater because she recognizes not because her sin is greater but because she acknowledges it because she acknowledges where she's at and she knows that that she's uh she's in need of of something more than where what she's got you think you've already got it all figured out and consequently you don't feel like you have anything to gain from this relationship and part of this woman's actions that, that are praiseworthy and, and why that she gets something that Simon the Pharisee doesn't is she does the dirty stuff. Right. Like the stuff about cleaning up Jesus' feet because, you know, when you when you wear sandals and, the, and you're walking through the desert and you walk everywhere, your feet are gross. Right. Like I wore, when I went to Israel, I wore chacos for a day when we were exploring Qumran. And even Qumran was like cleaned up touristy Qumran with like pathways and stuff. But even <laughs> then at the end of the day, in that, in that cleaned up version of Israel, my feet were still dirty. And mm-hmm. so, like, thinking of sandals that didn't have that same kind of, like, platform or anything, and roads that were just better dirt than the other dirt. Right, right. Like, that that level of dirtiness, for her to be willing to go in and clean Jesus with her with her hair, with making her body a part of that work, is, is saying something. That she was willing to do the parts of being hospitable, of being welcoming, of being this act of eating together uh, that, that, like I said, was an intimate act and, and, a, and an act of status that she was willing to go where you weren't. Right. And that's what makes this love work. Right, right. And, and you know, to realize that she broke into the middle of this dinner. She wasn't an invited member of this dinner party. Nor would she have been. Right. And so she broke into the middle of this dinner party in order to, in order to perform this act. You know, I wonder if I could ever be so bold as to to break into the dinner party to perform some amazing act of grace or amazing act of love. And I think that, honestly, that's what we're supposed to do. Right. We're supposed to be willing to go where we weren't invited mm-hmm. because something needs to be done. When we let love, like, when we let this love that we that we claim as Christians that God has for us and vice versa, when we let that adorn us, when we let that be why we're extraordinary... Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to do because it admits that uh, what makes us special has nothing to do with us. Yeah. And I think that that's hard sometimes because we want to be special. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I want to, we've used the word Christian quite a bit in this in this dialogue. And I want to use, like, take a moment to kind of talk about the idea that when we're talking about that, you know, we're looking at the idea that we're, that, that means somebody who follows Christ, that follows the teachings and the life of Christ and and don't feel if you're not a person who is uh, regularly going to church or somebody who's gone through some of the more 
I guess the more the motions of the one would expect don't feel like that that we're trying to exclude exclude you. I guess in that yeah, it's just statement. from from Travis and I. It story, seems like an exclusionary statement. Yeah. I want to I want to touch on that. Yeah, definitely. And I you know tra- that's just part of where Travis and I's story comes from. Right, it's, it's part of our identity. So we talk about what we know. Right, right. <laughs> so it's, it's it's helpful to have that, but yeah, I think, but it is what we're talking about. Right. When we talk about Jesus and we talk about like following Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, to let that love be a part of who we are, and to not to, and to be the defining characteristic of who we are means being willing to break into the places we weren't invited. Yeah, definitely. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. But I like it can't be much scarier than when that woman did it <laughs> right. back back in the day. Right. It's like that imbalance of status and you know just going into a place you weren't invited is terrifying. Yeah, I mean this this is honestly in her place and her status at that time was possibly something that could have caused her to get stoned or at least ostracized from her community. Yeah, but but she took that risk anyway. Right. And so I think really the point that I wanted to make with this whole thing, with talking about Adorn, is that love is that central figure of, of the gospel, that everything that, that Jesus does, everything that you know, we claim to believe as Christians, comes from a place of love mm-hmm. and, and justice and, and, and wanting to make things right. And that love defines us that grace defines us right and it makes us maybe extraordinary is not the word but it is what makes us different it is it is i think i think that is true and i think that there are there's the real tendency like simon to think that we have we have made it that we've we've arrived at some place that we're supposed to have arrived at where we're like doing all the right things following all the right rules inviting all the right people to dinner and whatever else, but we've forgotten the very basic element that is supposed to define us. And I think and, and the, this woman served as a reminder of that. Yeah. So, what do y'all think? What does it mean for your identity to be wrapped up in something that isn't you? Uh, what does it mean to be adorned in this situation? You can talk to us about that on Twitter. I'm at JM Esquire. And I'm at WT Uten. Or you can email us at secretprojectcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks, as always, to the Midnight Suns for the use of our theme song, Variable, off their album, Descartes. You should check them out. There's a link to their music in the description. And we'll see you next time here on Secret Project. Secret Project.